0: You tell me how many black folk you want to sell out, I guarantee I'll show you how to make money. Because you see, every ethnic group, every religious group, every racial group, every political group has always made money off of black folk. Okay? There is nobody else left on earth to make rich but yourselves. The time is running out. We need money. We don't need jobs, we need money. We're being lied to every day, man. 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and most everybody is playing the game by the rules. And you're playing by the middle class rules. Poverty's not the problem in this country. It's the middle that's the real problem. You're working your asses off. You do exactly what they say. I'm going to save my money, I'm going to buy a house. And we still don't get ahead because we're not making the wealth moves, man. And in conclusion, there's, a, there's a, there one lady told me, "What, doctor, she says, I love everything you say, but you got to quit talking about money all the time. I said, why? She said, because money's not everything. So I said, tell me what money is not. <laughs> she said, well, money can't buy you love. I said, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I said, without finance, it won't be in a romance. She said, you know, you can make all those smart statements you want. I'll tell you what. i bet you money won't take you to heaven. I said, I'll tell you what. You let money take me as far as it can, i get off and walk the rest of the way
1: all right space and timers welcome back for another episode of space and time um i just said it so um yeah <laughs> so we are still in this beautiful beautiful plant shop emerald city plant shop in norwood mass why would you leave look how beautiful it is i still have my you a co-host you you like a you're like a silent partner in, in like a business
2: <laughs> yeah you know like i i'd rather pick a producer you produce know, it. Yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes.
1: Uh, so we have Q behind the scenes helping out, and yep. uh, today actually, how, how's it going?
2: It's going good, it's going well, going well. Yeah, today was a good day for me, so
1: yeah,
2: got to speak with uh, some first year Babson entrepreneurial students talking about the endeavors of Emerald City and how it came to be. So, imparting the knowledge on the youth nice. was today's lesson for me.
1: Nice, um. Do they ask you if it's difficult being an entrepreneur? Oh yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Were you honest? Of course you're yeah, honest. I'm just course. I'm just joking. I told
2: around. I told them that you have to be a little bit crazy to choose this path. Yeah. The path less followed.
1: You know, it it looks glamorous, it looks sexy, uh being an entrepreneur. Um, because so many people work jobs that they hate, right? So then the idea of working for yourself is very enticing for a lot of people, but at the same time, like not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Like there's not
2: everyone should be an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you say the biggest thing that you've had to, or you see people having to overcome that become entrepreneurs? Like what's, what's their biggest hurdle?
2: Sometimes what you plan isn't, what you're expecting. I think one of the biggest hurdles of as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. is learning when to call it quits or learning when to pivot.
1: Yeah. So that's basically like the athletes that play for too long and don't know how to go out on top. So like Michael Jordan coming back for the Wizards. (laughs) Nah, it's still a a part in like, uh, you know, athletic history that I like to forget. Even though he did do his thing with the Wizards, he he had some he had some highlights, you know. He he still showed glimpses of why he's he's MJ, and um, but the Wizards is just I, I couldn't get over that I, I couldn't get over the uh, the uniform and just Kwame Brown. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if that means anything to you. I saw somewhere the other day it was like a meme. It was like uh, Jordan and Kobe yelling at him. He was the number one pick in the draft at one point, but he was a bust. And he played for the Wizards. I think he was a person that, like, made Jordan come out of, like, management to, like, play. And uh, so Jordan kind of, like, really did a number on him psychologically. And then he plays with Kobe after that. You know what I mean? So someone was like, uh, he needs to write a book or there needs to be a documentary on him because he's got a lot of PTSD. But he has, like, a podcast. or I mean, everyone has a podcast. But uh, he has – I was actually – I saw a little bit of it you know, I was a little impressed. Um, but yeah, shout out to Kwame Brown. <laughs> and, uh, so today's topic is called operating from the, can, can I swear? Yeah. Can I swear? Yeah. Um, nah, you know, we're going to keep it clean. We're going to keep it clean. Operating from the forget you position. I, I think y'all know forget. is not forget. It's a, it's a four letter word, but you know, basically the story behind this, how this came about is last year, right. I was on the mainland of Africa for the first time. Right. So I was in Cape Verde and then I took a short plane ride from Cape Verde to Senegal. And, uh, but before going, so I, I met so many like people, but hanging out with my uncle and you know, my uncle, like my father is one of like the smartest people I know. Uh, I love having conversations with him and it's different, right? Because yeah, he and my father are alike, but it's it's different when it's he I'm not his kid. You know, the same way me and my father's relationship has improved a lot. But, you know, there's still a difference because of like the father son relationship. But when it's like an uncle or cousin or something like that, the dialogue can be different. They can they can let their hair down a little bit more and maybe say things to you that they wouldn't say to their kids. Um, so we had this conversation and we were talking about, I mean, we talk about so many things. We can talk for hours. And something I said sparked a story about John Goodman. You remember John Goodman? Uh, he was, I think it was John Goodman. Um, you remember Roseanne, that show Roseanne in yeah. the 90s? John Goodman was, oh, yes. was Dan, the mm-hmm. husband. And there was a story that he'd heard I feel like this is like the telephone game where like you, you hear something, but I'm going to attribute it to John Goodman. And he basically said that he does business only trying to operate from the FU position. And when he said that, as soon as he said it, I said, man, I said, that's it right there. I said, everything I've been doing for so many years now has to do based on that theory right there. It's based on. Because I remember so much of what I do now stems back to one t-shirt, an idea that I had. And it was about, okay, how do I, if I make this t-shirt, even like, could I make it myself? But then it's like, okay, I have to shoot it. And then that's kind of what got me into photography. And then it's like, well, do I, how do I edit it? So then getting good at editing. And so it's like, Everything in life, one of the things that you and I speak about a lot is the fact that when you want to do things in life, when you depend on other people, oftentimes you will be idle for a long time because maybe you have a great circle and people just show up for you anytime you need them. For most people, people have things going on. They got kids, work, whatever, or they just don't want to show up because people want to show up for the glory. But oftentimes the hard work, the grit that comes behind making something like this. How many people were here to, you know, lay the tiles and carry plants and carry furniture? And how many people were here for that?
2: Like one and a half.
1: (laughs) Mostly (laughs) you had to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So when he said that, I said, man, like, that's it right there. That's what I've been after trying to set up my life where I'm as autonomous as possible, where when I need help and the people are there to help me, I appreciate it. But because I'm waiting for them, I'm not gonna sit on my hands and not be able to do anything. And that has been a big lesson for me, uh, where again, those times when you want to do something, and you need someone to be involved, and you just end up being disappointed. And I think that's something that we all can, you know, um, can resonate with, uh, you know, something that can resonate with all of us because, you know, I often said, if you want to realize how many people don't F with you, start a business. And because when you start a business, it's, it's like you get the applause the day that you announce it. And everyone's like, oh my God, so proud of you and this and that. But then it's like, you know, being there to support you, to do the work, to, make sure that, that, you know, fledgling business turns into a prosperous business is hard work is, is very hard work. And it's something that doesn't materialize overnight. Most businesses don't turn a profit for a year, two years plus, right? Actually, usually five years, five years, usually, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's something that a lot of people, again, when they think about, man, I hate this job so much and I just want to quit. Um, they don't think about what it takes, you know, because for a lot of people. You should be a nine to like You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's one of those things that. Has gotten such a bad rap, but, you know, you need to be able to use your nine to five. One of my favorite mantras do what you have to do to do what you want to do. You know, before I became an entrepreneur, I, I thought out my life, what I wanted to do. And I, I, I put the pieces in place. I talked about this before. Um, so yeah, so when my uncle said that, it just, it made things very crystal clear for me. You know, because in life, you will be able to do more for people when you're in a position of, not needing them. Because when you need people and they know it, what are they going to do? They're going to be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to get with you. And that's just the truth of it. But when you're in a position where I can just approach our dealing from a very pure place, where it can be mutually beneficial, I just feel like you can be more resourceful, uh, more of use to the world. And the more I had that realization, the more I worked to be financially independent of people where I don't need this institution or this person because, um, you know, in life is ebbs and flow, right? It's just, you're up one day, you could be down the next day, so it's important to be humble, but at the same time, um, it it is important to be as autonomous as possible and what makes this world move is money. You know, this is a, a, a capital, uh, capitalistic society. You know, um, you can affect the most change by being able to do something for someone, being able to pay their college tuition, their student loans. That's a hot topic. Being able to give somebody an apartment that doesn't have a home, uh, being able to give somebody a meal. You know, money is what moves the world. So, but again, finding that balance of, you know, spirituality with you know, um, commerce and, um, and, and capitalism is always kind of where I find myself, you know,
2: I think there's a, you kind of hinted at it, but what does that actually look like? Cause when someone here is, am um, operating from the FU position, it mm-hmm. comes with that negative connotation, but the key is, I think you said it is the autonomy and allowing people to come and go as they please, but you going and do what you have to do at yeah. the end of it. Yeah. Um, so what does this look like for you in your life right now?
1: Um, operating, you, you know what it is. Um, when you're in sales, one of the first things they say is you want to get rid of commission breath as early as possible. You know, when I started, you know, I, I had a very short stint where I did photography, I guess, in a more professional sense. One of the things I realized is that if I did it longer, I would have really hated it in the end. It reminds me of the Lauren quote that I used to death. How did something that I love so easily and so quickly become something that I loathe? So sometimes if you don't spend time protecting the thing that you love, it is something that you can come to, to, to hate, to loathe because now the thing that, you know, a lot of, you know, the starving artists, right. What are they trying to do? They're trying to balance the thing that they love with the thing that needs to keep them in an apartment, keep the lights on, keep gas in the car. So that is the thing that makes people just kind of just jaded about the world because they're like the thing that I love most in the world, the thing that I would do for free. I can't do for free because I need this money. I'm hungry. I need to pay my rent. I need to, I need to buy food. Um, so how it, what it looks like for me is being able to now, when I talk to people about finances, when I talk to people about insurance, when I talk to people about um, investing in property, it's about what does it look like for you? What's the best way What's the best alternative for you? Because I feel like, you know, I said this to a few people today. The world works on we all have a job to do, right? But the thing about it is there are a lot of people with no scruples, you know, that just have no integrity. They can do bad by you, go home and get a great night's sleep. I can't do that. My conscience means too much to me. So, again, where's the intersection between me making a living, but also doing something that is good for you. Because that I think that's how a lot of industries end up getting a bad rap, because people with no morals end up taking advantage of decent people. So now the world, I mean, the, the you know, uh, bad news travels fast, right? So now they're telling this person, hey, don't, don't get this thing, don't do this thing, don't do business with them just because it's a scam. and uh, so for me, that's one of the more gratifying things when I speak to people, being able to speak to them from a position where it's not like, man, I need this. You know I used to joke around where when I did photography, I saw people that did photography full time, and it's like you, you know that 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 look of desperation in your eyes. I never wanted to be that person ever where it's like, I need this. I, I need to pay this bill because of that. I've been there. I, I, I did that. I I lived those moments and it was just important for me to get myself in a position where I'm good. And now I can talk about what I do and Hey, this is how I can help you. And it's like, Hey, take it or leave it. Cool. I'm still good. So for me, that's how the, the operating from the FU position looks like, you know, How I described it is if we sit down at the table and we're discussing business, we're discussing a deal. If I call your bluff and I walk away to go to the door, I'm not hoping that you say, hey, wait. And right before I touch the doorknob, I'm like, oh, thank God I really needed this. You know, if I walk away and I'm operating from the FU position, it's well, yes or no. Like, I don't care. I'm still walking out this door. It's not a threat. Like I don't need you. I was good before you. I'm good now, and I'll be good after you. That's operating from the Fu position, and that's something that I um, I just encourage people to at least explore. And you know, how can I get a little bit more more there each day? You know, I feel like I've talked to so many people. Like I I was in Kay Verde in Senegal in February of 2022. So since that time, until now, almost fall of 2023, I've talked to people about this, this episode. I felt like, um, you, you know, hip hop, you know, Dr. Dre's Detox, his album that like never came out. People have talked, talked about it for like, what, 15, 20 years and it's never come out. It, it's never materialized. I felt like, at, at one point I was like, I felt about it like that. But, you, you know, it, it became this own, its own thing. You know, like uh, I had people reference it back to me. And uh, so I think that's something that I felt, I felt good about, you know, to give, um, to give people something to think about. And it's like, how do I move my life in a better direction where I, because here's the thing, operating from the FU position, it's operating in a position where you become more and more stress free. And that's something that is really important to me. I talk about as I get older, you know, I talk about certain ages, right? 50, 55, where there's a certain vision that I have of my life. It's not that it's going to be devoid of stress because as long as you're alive, you're going to have stress. But there are certain things that we can do to mitigate stress. And it starts early on because you have to see your life in decades. And the problem is that most people, again, that whole thing about, you know, he never planned to fail. He just failed to plan. And you have to be able to plan for your life in five years, 10 years, um, and plan for what kind of life do I want to have, you know, and, uh, stress for me is, is a big thing. I've had, I've had enough of my dose, um, of stress. So it's, it's something that I'm really keen on, um, getting rid of.
2: So now that you've arrived to this place of operating from the FU. For the most
1: part, I'm still, you know, it's it's a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: So speaking of the journey, how do you empower those that haven't truly begun that journey that are still in that starvation, starving artist yeah. phase? Like how do you, what are your words of encouragement or empowerment to those to start to get into that
1: mindset? Um, you know, again, the whole thing about, You guys are going to get sick of this, but you have to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, for me, a lot of things changed when I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, not having money, being broke, paying overdraft fees, um, paying bad loans, high interest rates. All these things that most people can relate to because most people in this world are poor. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So when I and I'm someone who is really analytical and I'm also I, I have slight, uh, obsessive compulsive, uh, tendencies. So when I choose to zero in on something, I go all in. So when it turned to finances, I was like, well, I want to learn everything about this that I can. And then I want to learn everything about that, that I can, because now it allows me to serve myself and I become the test case. And then the people closest to me become the test cases. And, um, And then, and then after that I can branch out and serve the world. But for me, you know, it just, um, what I would offer people that are still in that position is you you have to take a look at again, what's causing you the most stress and it's, and start from top down. So what I started doing is okay. What's the thing that I pay the most in for most people it's rent, right? So then it was like, okay, how do I. How do I pay less rent? OK? Am I building equity with rent? Okay? How do I build equity? So now it's like, once you start, it's that whole thing about the alchemists, right? Once you have a thought about what you want for yourself in the world, that the whole universe conspires to give you that thing. So for me now, all these things, I just compartmentalized them, and it was like, OK, how do I take my biggest burden and I make it less of a concern? And I just started doing that, and you know, like I said before, it's it's not an overnight thing. This is something I've been working on for um, for years now, and it's 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 a work in progress. Um, but when I really started getting a handle on that is when things started to change, and I just realized that so many of my stressors, and like so many of most people's stressors, are um, is the first, the first of the month, you know, and that's why for me, I try not to do most things on the first, like if, if I can avoid do paying anything on the first, I will just because doing things on the first makes me feel like, um, you know, that, that video, like pink Floyd, the wall in school, like the indoctrination school pipeline, jail, you know, employee it's that the, you know, Alarm going off, I'm up, like I have to be here. It's it's just that. Even when I set alarms, like I'm 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 weird that way, but for me it's just it works. I don't want to be Pavlov's dog. So even setting alarms, I don't like setting alarms at like top of the hour because I feel too much like a hamster on the wheel. So if I need if I need to get up at like 730, I might put it at like, you know, seven seventeen, uh, seven twenty-eight, even just because that like top of the hour, on the dot. It just, it messes with me. And again, we all have our idiosyncrasies. You know, these are some of my quirks and uh, just being really open and honest with people and uh, saying what's worked for me, what's working and uh, realizing and uh, being also very transparent about the fact that, hey, like I'm I'm not a, um, you know, I, I'm not a walking uh, success case. You know, it's like that. that's that um that quote that's attributed to uh arthur Ashe about success not being a destination but rather a journey that's kind of how i look at all these things that i talk about now and have talked about before but especially now is the fact that you know every day i'm just trying to get better at these things and i'm always tweaking you know that i love you know we i came up with the system for this thing yesterday and it's like oh man the next day it's like i think we can do this better you you know what i mean so um you know, that's, that's pretty much it. Anything else? That's all I got. Yeah. So operating from the FU position, it's like the advice that I I would give to, I used to work with youth. So like, you know, the women, especially my cousins, sisters, uh, I would tell them, you know, because for better, it is a man's world, you know, and I would say that, but it's nothing without a, a woman or a girl. Right. I know that. Yeah. But, but men still make the rules for the most part. And that's why the world is in dire straits, because men have been making most the bulk of the decisions. But how I always told them is, to, is that to, you know, especially in the beginning, treat someone like you want them there, but you don't need them. Because there are a lot of people that, you know, they might break up with somebody and, and you know, they might take think about whether they want to live or not this is really real. Like I, I worked with people who felt like this. Um, and I just feel like that's not healthy. You know, you can love somebody and you can want the best for them and you can want them there, but you always have to want better for yourself. First, you have to love yourself more first because it's like the whole thing on a plane, right? Something goes wrong. It drops. Even before you, you know, attend to a baby, you have to take care of yourself because you might jeopardize yourself and now you're not able to help anyone. It's that same thing. You have to make sure that you're, health, you're, you're healthy, you're happy because then when you come together with someone who's done that for themselves also, now you guys can work on making each other happy, you know? So that's kind of like how I look at it with operating from the FU position. It's, it's you know, I'm, I'm good, you're good, and, you know, we can help each other out. But if you leave, um, I'm not going to crumble into, you know, smithereens and dust and just, you know, evaporate, you know. So, um, yeah, pretty much it. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, Thank you guys for joining me and uh, we'll see you next time on another episode of Space and Time. Peace. But that's profound because you know what you just said to me? How many of us
3: follow what we've seen? We do. We 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 listen to the folks that are broke as a joke. <laughs> and we'll do everything they tell us to do. My neighbor said that that's dangerous. It's a scam. Really? If they knew that much more than you, they wouldn't be your neighbor. They'd live in a different <laughs> neighborhood. Right? So we have to get advice from other people who know more than we know. Cool, and there's that's and I'm, that's not to imply that everybody who's broke doesn't know anything. But here's what the scripture says. This is not Myron Golden. All right, all right. Here's what the scripture says. The scripture says... There was a little city there was a great king that besieged this little city but in the city was found a poor wise man this poor wise man delivered this city from this mighty king and here's what it says after that yet no man remembered that same poor wise man and it says wisdom is better than strength and what does it say right after that but a poor man's wisdom is despised one of the reasons sometimes the people in our sphere of life don't want to listen to us cuz they they're watching us struggle through life. Yeah. And they they look at us and say if you know that much how come it ain't working for you? Yeah.